So this paper, the one that we're going to embark upon, and will take us a month to write, start to finish, T to B, right? Here's why, oh, pause, because there's reasons for all of the things that I just said. This paper is actually something that you will encounter in academia. It's a whole thing. It is a very, very useful skill. It's super duper necessary, and you will actually learn crap from this paper. So this paper is not dumb. It's the real deal. It's the type of assignment that you will be required to do in academia, especially if you get your master's degree. So you know your bachelor's degree is four years, right? That's your undergraduate degree. Then graduate school is what you need in order to like be an expert in any field, right? So a master's degree is two to four more years on top of that, right? And then if you wanna get a PhD, you will definitely be doing this assignment probably several times without, with, throughout your PhD studies, especially if you're going into medicine or any type of specialized training, you'll be required to publish within academic journals and you will be required to write a paper like this for every single research uh, idea that you present, okay? So again, you're gonna see this assignment again, especially if you do more than a bachelor's degree, it is definitely useful. So this we will be serious about and we won't fake our way through because it is, it's the real deal. With that being said, Weber State requires, uh, take out your little uh, bookmarks, the yellow bookmarks. I kind of want to give you an idea of, I'm kind of trying to hack this class for you to make it less work. Because even the way that I make it less work is still too much work in my opinion for this class. So I really have tried to streamline the class for you and now you're going to understand exactly how and why. Take out that little bookmark. We're looking for that yellow bookmark. It's important for you to see it with your beautiful eyes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a beautiful binder. You know it's true. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Whew, it's beautiful. That just like energized me for the day. Woo. You want to know what else energized me for the day? I've literally, honestly, I can't remember a time when I was happier. And I like have kids. So that doesn't say. Remember how in the beginning of times I said that I put everything on paper for you in like a beautiful rainbow because in my mind you're sitting on your computer with no extra tabs open right and you're just looking you're typing on the computer but around you is like a rainbow colored array of nerdiness right with your graphic organizer and your rubric and your word banks and your uh, outlines right in my mind you have this beautiful you know rainbow of dead trees around you and I joke about that all the time since I started teaching this class and I was yesterday years old when somebody actually sent me a picture of that I got to be honest with you it really changed my life she did tell me that I could share it but I did freak out quite a bit when she sent me this picture that's a dream this is what I envisioned look at oh the papers with the rainbow How come you guys aren't more excited about that? I had a horrible day yesterday, and this literally fixed it. Right here. Look at that. How, could you guys at least pretend to be more excited by it? Like, just give me a little something? Nothing? Oh, that's mean. Halfway fake smile. Anyway, uh, you will need to think about this as your information rainbow, because we're going to collect information for this paper over the next month. Right? But... Take a look, we're starting here from the research process on down, on your little little bookmark here. Looking at the research process down. 
Here's what Weber State wants you to do. For this literature review, they want you to come up with six different new sources that you have found, right? And then next for the magazine editorial, they want you to come up with six new sources for that. That's 12 total. And they, that means reading and outlining all those sources. Then for the documentary, they want you to come up with eight sources, new sources moving forward, right? So that's I don't know what that's 20 sources yes what where is it saying the amount of sources it's not oh, because okay. I hacked the system right oh, okay. so nowhere in their stupid so smart uh, bylaws does it say that if you don't if you structure it correctly you can't use the same sources for all three of those big things um. nowhere does it say that it just tells you what types of sources you have to have and it tells you like what level of source, what source type is for each assignment. So what I did is I reverse engineered the source requirements for each of those projects and made sure that the projects you find for your literature review fulfill all the source requirements for all the remaining assignments in the class, right? So then you only find and outline and understand your sources one time, not three separate sessions of source finding and outlining. So far, so good. The downside of that is that you live with these sources for the rest of the semester, so you will get sick of them, right? But that's still a way better situation than desperately doing three separate source finding missions and outlining missions. So I'm saving you work. It will make your last assignment kind of like you'll be sick of the topic. You'll want to like die a thousand deaths, but it's still better than tripling your work throughout the holiday season. Does that make sense? So with that being said, we are going to collect your sources for this paper over the next month, right? But you're not just collecting sources for this paper, you're collecting sources for every big assignment for the remainder of the semester, right? So for that reason, you can't phone it in for any of these sources because they have to be that specific way for a very specific reason on a very specific timeline because it's for all of them. So don't think about finding sources for 20% of your grade. Thinking about, think about finding sources for 65% of your grade. Does that make sense so far? So good? Okay. So you'll see that we find and outline one source per class period until we get to the six sources that are required. Right? So one of those sources that's required is a primary source, which we'll get into why that is. One of those sources that's required is an interview that you created, but that is not a source requirement until the last assignment, right? But it can be used on the first assignment because the primary source is also required then. So what we do is we try to do the whole kill two birds with one stone situation, get the interview done early, and then you use that as a primary source for all the rest of your assignments, right? So again, it's gonna be a boring source finding process, it's gonna be intense, but I can't stress enough, it's so much better than the alternative. Are we all on board so far? Okay. Do you have any questions about why that is and what I just said and you, you understand? Okay. So again, you're going to live with these sources that you find within the next month. You're going to live with them for the remainder of the semester. They're going to be the foundation of your grade for this class from here on out. So also from here on out, you are going to choose a topic that you're going to live with for the rest of the semester, which isn't very fun because again, you run the risk of getting sick of it but it's still so much better than the alternative, which is doing three different research projects for three different assignments. Those assignments are already difficult, 
There's no need to, to like pile a big intensive research process on top of an already difficult assignment. Do you see what I'm saying? And I did it last year because it was the new hack for the way they rolled out the course and they loved it. So the people, the Weber State peoples loved it. So you're, it, it's, it's good there. We're, we're all set. But we do have to be really smart and careful about the way we collect sources. So when I ask you to find information about a source, it might be information that you need for the third project, but we're doing it now. So it might not seem necessary now, but hopefully you understand by now that nothing we do has only one purpose. It always has, try to make it have three plus purposes. So this is where things might differ from other classes, your friends in other classes, right? This is where like your process will start to look a lot different. Question? So should we look for a source that we're interested in or something? Oh no, you silly goose. Um, so the other problem here with finding these sources is by far students complain, complain, complain about the source finding process because the types of sources that you have to have and the credibility level of those sources is so intricate that the finding of it, not just the outlining and reading it and understanding it, but the finding of it is super stressful and upsetting and frustrating. So what I've done is I've created five topics for this paper that you'll live with for the rest of the term, for the rest of the semester, right? And you'll be able to choose, kind of, from those five topics and in those five topics I've created a source bank for you so you don't have to go out and find all the sources you can just pick from a bank of sources which is hugely time intensive on my end so you're welcome I'll expect thank you cards I guess next time um, so I have a whole source bank for you uh, to choose from for each of those topics so far so good okay so with that being said the next time we're in class we will choose one, you'll each choose one of those five topics by lottery. So let me describe to you how that's gonna go, okay? One of those five topics by lottery, you have an assignment that's due before class next time for you to read over those five topics. I have a, like a little overview, a little overview of each of those topics. You gotta read over those and rank them, right? It's highly probable that you won't get your first or second choice. So you gotta rank carefully because it's possible that you'll land on your third choice if you're far down the lottery. Does that make sense? So far, so good. So you'll read about each of the so each of the topics and rank them in your in uh, in order of your preference. And then next time in class, I'll spin a wheel with all your cute little names on it. And based on the your name coming up in the order of the lottery, you get to choose what topic you'd like. But it might be that you're at the end of the lottery pool, right? And so your first two choices could be t taken, so you would have to choose your third. Does that make sense? So far, so good? That's why this uh, topic selection assignment is going to be super important. I'll show you what that looks like. I'll go through it in just a second. But just so you know, you're choosing one of five topics, and I can show you right now what those topics are. Give you a quick, uh, a little quick moment for you to understand what those are. And these topics have to do with an overarching question of this class. When the question that this class is supposed to have, Weber State calls it the big question, is what skills and ideas do you have to move through the world knowing really well, but the previous generation knew nothing about? Nothing, right? So we're talking about current issues, current modern innovations in society, in medicine, in science, right? So here are our topic choices. So here's the assignment here that's the that's the... Uh, choice ranking assignment here 
And basically, it'll talk to you about these five topic options. And if you click here, there's like a little PDF file or three in some cases, a little PDF file of information about the pros and cons of that. Okay. So the topic choices are social media's use in Western and American society, embracing innovations in artificial intelligence, uh, the value of a college education in modern America, America's modern for-profit pharmaceutical system, um, and embracing genetic engineering in modern, modern society. Okay, those are the five topic options, and I have source banks set to go for you. The only source that you'll have to find and create yourself is the interview source, because the primary source is required. Questions so far? Yeah. We'll talk all about that in a scotch. I'll talk to you about what this paper is in just a second. Any questions about the topic selection process that's happening in class next time? That's Tuesday. Monday. Monday. Uh, Ellie? Oh, I was just wondering, is the, does the question change yearly? Or mm, is it the same question? It's, the same, it's been the same question for a while. Yeah, other classes have different questions. So you'll see other classes, they're just doing the college topic, just doing this one. But that means that at the end of the semester... 25, because the class is capped at 20, 25 documentaries on the same topic. And I just can't with that, right? So I do want to introduce some sort of choice and variation in that, just so we all don't want to, like, die a thousand deaths right at Christmas time. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm going for here. So I'm being a little bit extra than other teachers are, just so we have a little bit of variety and a little bit of choice built in right? But most people in the other classes will just do this topic, period. Everybody in the class will do the same topic. This is, you're welcome to do that topic. It's a great topic. It's really interesting to understand how the value of a college education has shifted over the past decade and a half, right? It's, it's a pretty interesting topic. Um, but then people just did really well with these, top, these other topics in the past. Questions so far? That's where you're going to see things be really different in other classes. It just takes a crap ton of time for me to create a source bank for that. So other teachers don't want to do that, and I freaking don't blame them at all. Yeah. So for the interview, like, do we have to? We'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So for the interview, just for now, I'll get into way more details about it. You're going to have to either interview an expert in this, right? So you would have to interview. I had a kid. This was the most like amazing academic moment of my life. They were interviewing an expert in this, and they kept finding sources on with by a certain professor, <laughs> and. Uh, they came to me and they're like, do you think that I could ask this certain professor at BYU about this, to, if I could interview them? And I was like, oh, it's, it feels like such a flex. I was deep friends with that professor. <laughs> so I just emailed him and got him an interview. But you might not be so lucky, so you would have to think really quickly. I didn't email, I Facebooked. It's, I'm old. Um, so, but like, you would have to find somebody in that field to interview, right? But for instance, with the social media use in Western American society, you wouldn't have to interview an expert. You could if your heart told you to, but you could just do like a bank interview around the school of different people's reactions and integration of social media in the school. So there's a lot of different like interview styles and types that you could do, but I'm telling you about it now so you can think about it in advance. You'll think about it as you're collecting other sources so you can use your interview to fill in ideological holes in your research by the end of your research. Yeah, so far so good, a little bit sort of. We'll talk about the paper in a second. But those are the topics you can start to get thinking. And if you have no idea what I mean about genetic engineering or CRISPR or anything like that, that's what these 
information articles are for, so I just linked them there for you so you can get an idea. You might have never heard about it, but it might like help you find your passion and calling in life. So don't just make decisions on your ranking for these sources just based on the title of the, the topic. Do the reading, make sure you understand what each of them is, because again, you might think it's super interesting and super enjoy the topic, but right now it doesn't seem appealing to you, so just read about it. Yeah. I know. It's a thing. So anywho, uh, I'm going to talk you through what this paper does and does not require, but keep in mind these sources fulfill the requirements, the sources that we're finding now, they fulfill the, they fulfill the requirements not just for this paper, but all of the other upcoming uh, products, as Weaver State likes to call it, products. Where'd she go? Okay, so... It's okay if you don't understand this assignment description today. You might have to, we're going to go over it many times because if you've never heard of anything like this, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a thing, right? So again, don't beat yourself up or feel frustrated if you don't 100% understand it. You're not meant to. I'm just giving you the overview of it so you know the plan going forward. And as you take little steps into the plan, you're going to understand it that much better each time. It's not reasonable to expect to know it all now. Yes? Okay. So remember when I talked to you about that M&M conversation? So far, so good. I have, you remember Emad from last year? He's going to New York tomorrow. And I was like, go, he's like, I want to go to the M&M store because of the stupid this. Nobody. It's in Times Square in New York. Nobody. I skipped a few analytical steps there. But anyway, uh, so remember the debate is not one side or the other side, like you were suggesting, right? The debate around those complex issues, those five big issues that, that we talked about, the debate is not a yes or no. It's way, way, way more nuanced than that. And what a literature review does is it doesn't just explore two sides or take a side on a conversation. What it does is it helps you examine all sides of the conversation. So far, so good? So your literature review essentially looks just like this. Can I see you looking up here, just making sure to focus here? So you would talk about the similarities and differences between the different sources and how the sources' ideas interreact and interrelate to one another. That's what a literature review is. No sides are taken. It's not a pro or con. It's not an argument paper. It's literally just for your reader exploring the entire issue in an unbiased way. So that's why we learned about writing in an unbiased way. That's why we learned about approaching a source in an objective way. All of that comes into play here in a literature review. And what a literature review is, is essentially taking experts' ideas on this topic in different formats, different types of sources, interviews, podcasts, scholarly sources, media sources, and then comparing the ideas within those sources to get a bigger nuanced picture of the situation, right? Of the topic that you have. So a literature review, the title literature review, I feel like is really misleading because what does the word literature mean to you right now? It means books. What kind of books? Books writing, books writing fiction, right? When I think of literature, I think of high literature like fiction, like Jane Eyre, right? In this case, that's not what the word literature means. So get it out of your head. We're not going to read any beautiful novels, okay? The word literature in this case simply means formal expert level stuff that's written on that topic. Every formal expert level thing that's written on that topic is considered to be the literature about that topic. So if you hear snooty pretentious people say, I haven't read up on the literature for that. That's what they mean. They mean, I haven't read up on, li on experts 
ideas of what this is. So I don't have an opinion, right? So in this case, literature review means that you are simply, for your reading, reviewing what's been written by experts on that topic, on all sites. So far, so good? So again, a literature review is just that. You're reviewing what's been written by smart people on that topic, okay? So, and it has to be written in an aim towards the big question of the class, which is simply this. So you'll see for your friends in other classes, their big question is, is, is college worth it? In, in today's modern society, right? Our big question is expanded so it can fit all five of the topics that I'm offering, right? So our big question is simply, what modern skills or mindsets are required for success in today's America that the previous generation did not require? Stuff that your parents didn't even ever think about unless it was in like a science fiction movie, right? Um, and why are these updated skills or mindsets so important today? So that's our big question. All five of those topics will speak to that big question. So far, so good? Okay. So that's a big thing with Weber State, that your literature review and all the assignments after it answer this big question. So we'll talk about that and make sure that it is answering that question. Then you're suppo it's supposed to give a comprehensive overview of the topic that you chose, and it's supposed to be written in an elevated, formal, objective, academic writing style. I've already talked to you about all of that. You already have the foundation. Now all you got to do is practice, 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 right? It's based on six sources. Weber State will tell you what sources requirements they need. But again, I've looked at all the source requirements for all remaining projects and made sure that the six that you collect will be appropriate for all remaining assignments. So far, so good? So if you take a look here at this yellow paper in front of you, the source requirements are there. And we'll talk way more about what those are and what those aren't. But just so you know, if you turn this yellow page over, this yellow page is also an assignment and you're supposed to work on it as you go and collect your sources over the source collection process over the next month, okay? So these, source, these sources will have to fill in different holes within your research, right? So you can't just research to research, you're researching with an ideological purpose for each source, which makes it a little more difficult. That's why we have a bank of sources instead of just handing it to you, right? And the other issue is with these topics is say that you chose the college topic, you're going to have to say like the college topic is, your, is an arm, right? You still are need, going to need to pick a vein on that arm to pursue. So in the college topic, you could talk about for-profit universities and how whether or not they're corrupt or whether they have a place in our modern society. Or you could talk about the student loan epidemic and whether the cost of current, current cost of college, there's a return on investment for modern day students, right? So those are two different veins under the same topic. I need you to not work on that and just focus on this, right? Then this paper has to be completely free of any personal bias. You have to represent all sides of this debate with no bias. I shouldn't be able to tell what your actual opinion is ever. But on the magazine editorial, the assignment after it, you do all the same stuff, but then just add your opinion in, right? So we're like doing like writing style level ups as we move through. And then after the magazine editorial, you're going to take your opinion and use Ethos Pathos Logos to make a documentary. So far, so good? Okay. Um, it's going to be have to be a perfect paper, peer-reviewed, edited multiple times, virtually free of errors in grammar, style, formatting. So Mia Clark, I've double-checked with her. I asked her if she wanted me to take her name off. She said she's fine. Take a look at her literature review. It's longer than it should be, but again, I'm valuing more you 
covering the components instead of meeting the page limit. So yours doesn't have to be this long, but she was super smart and good at managing the components of what a literature review should cover. Okay, so you're looking at it, the Mia's paper there. What are you noticing about the paper just glancing at it? What are you noticing so far? Just do a quick look at it. You don't have to read through it. Just give it a quick overview. It looks very straight to the point from the words that are popping. No frills, nothing fun or extra, just business, all business, right? What else? What else are you noticing as you flip through? How's it organized? Has sections. The sections are extremely similar to the documentary review. That's why we approach the documentary review kind of as a prep preparatory paper for this literature review, right? What else are you noticing? There's not really a ton of transition. There's, no, well, sure, yeah, there's not a ton. That's fine. What else are you noticing more overall big structure organizationally? Really perfect MLA, right? This paper as it is earned a 96. This is the highest score in the class, right? So it is not perfect, but it's a really good example of what you can accomplish here. So for this paper, she had an outline just like you did for the documentary review. I'll give you a gorgeous outline. She was told exactly how to structure it and exactly how her sources should line up under the topic that she chose. Right? So keep this paper with you. She does a good job of examining the specific ideas within each heading in the right place at the right time in the right way. Okay? So keep it there. If you're wondering how something should look, this is a really good example. Again, it's not perfect, but it's a good example. Right? So far, so good? So that's kind of what your literature review will look like and be like. It's not, not going to be that scary, though, because again, most of you exceeded the word count minimum or the page count minimum for the documentary review, right? You're not going to struggle to create a paper this long if you just follow my lead, okay? So don't, don't panic about that. But just know that it needs to be meticulous. Everything about it has to be meticulous, right? So we talked about what a literature review is and what it isn't, but let me over, give you an overview again of what it is. Literature review is a comprehensive summary of a previous research, of previous research on a topic. So basically, this is what you would do before you conducted your own scholarly research. You would say, here's the research that's already been done on this topic of college. So I don't repeat any research that's already been done. I'm going to examine the literature that's already in place before I create new and updated literature with my own research. That's the place that this has in academia, right? Examining what's already been said about the thing before you go and say more about it. So far, so good. Um, to give a fundamental overview of the entire conversation on the topic, a literature review surveys scholarly articles, books, and other sources relevant to a particular area of research, right? So first you'll choose your topic. We talked about the lottery system. You'll go home, read through all of the topics and rank them. Be super careful. Do not leave it to the last minute. You do not want to be stuck with a topic that you hate for the rest of the semester. But sometimes the topic doesn't sound that exciting to you until you read into it and realize that it's actually super interesting. So make sure you read those little linked pages. Don't phone this one in because you're going to be, you're going to be sorry. Don't do that, right? Um, and then next time, you'll, when you walk away from class on Monday, you'll know exactly what your topic will be for the, for the remainder of the semester. Yes? So far, so good? Okay. Uh, 
Again, we talked about how the flow of this information will move through from the literature review, same exact sources for the magazine editorial, same exact sources for your documentary script, same sources for your documentary. So we're conducting an interview now that's used as a written source for these things, but you'll also need to film it because it's going to be in your film. It's going to be the centerpiece of your film in two months from now. So far, so good? A little bit? Okay. Uh, here's what I think we need to do, because some of you are already looking bored and we have so much more to talk over. I'm going to give you two minutes to figure your life out. Maybe go get a drink, go tinkle, do whatever you got to do, because you can't be phoning the rest of today in. So two minutes. You know, uh, those of you who um, are the culprits of this, you got to go figure it out. I think we should use a little uh, Buster Rhymes to help us out of this slump. Stand up, move around, go, go, go. No, there's an assignment. I'll talk you through that, yeah. Stand up, move around. You got two minutes. Let's go. Okay, so after you, you'll have your interview sources, your sixth source. You'll turn in the interview itself and then the graphic organizer for your interview right before fall break, right? And then after fall break, we'll start the writing process, which is going to be your favorite. Am I right? I knew it. I know, right? We great. So uh, again, we talked about choosing or a vein or an angle inside your topic, and you don't need to do that really until you get to read a few more of the sources for your topic and start to understand the different veins that you could possibly choose. But turn the yellow sheet over to the back of it. So basically, the nightmare for this assignment is that you just go about your day choosing sources at random spending time to read them, spending time to outline them, and then getting to the point where you're trying to write your paper and your sources don't fall into headings the way that you originally wanted them to. So then you have to go back and redo your sources. It has happened before, it's real rough. It happened one of the Marcus and Moses twins, I can't remember which one, last year, had to like start all over again, right? So this paper, is supposed to help you avoid having to do that, okay? So as you're choosing sources, you'll start to map out the way that your sources fall into the organizational framework that you see in front of you that Mia Clark finished, right? So you'll see how many headings are in this paper, looking at that yellow paper, how many headings are in it? Three, Three headings. How many sources per heading? Two sources, and if you want one of uh, a few of your sources to appear in more than one heading, that's okay, but that's optional, right? Sometimes one of your sources will just fit so nicely into two headings that you want to mention them in both. That's okay, right? Um, but basically, you need two sources under your heading, quotes from each source, and you need to be able to clearly outline and define the similarities and differences between those two sources. So what you want to do is sort of kind of find one size source that represents one side of that subtopic and another source that represents another side of that subtopic, right? So you can't have two sources in one heading that essentially say the same thing. You don't want to do that. That's not great because then you're not showing an overall clear and nuanced understanding of the topic. We want to show all sides. So far, so good? 
Okay, so this is how with every source that you pick, you're gonna start mapping out not only how the sources comply with the source requirements of the assignment, whether it's primary or secondary, we'll talk about that in a bit, and how the sources fall under subtopic headings for your paper. So you have to think in advance about what little subtopics you're gonna have to do within that heading. So in the, in the arm of college, right? Say like I chose the vein of the financial viability of college, right? So that's my topic is the financial viability or the, or the affordability of college for the regular person. So far so good? So my three underlying topics for that bigger topic would be maybe possibly um, the predatory loan systems that provide student loans to students right and then I'd have two sources kind of for and against that idea in that heading and then another heading would be about the ways that private uh, educational institutions take advantage of the price markups for every credit and every degree right and then maybe I have a third heading about the return on investment for various major choices like choices in major right so maybe the return on investment for a business or a law major is much higher than the return on investment for an arts major some way some way like that right so you can see that under the umbrella of my topic which would be the the financial viability of college i still have little subtopics under that topic that will become my headings do we understand that so far so good you'll have to think about all of that in advance your biggest nightmare is if you wait to fill out this yellow sheet which will be an assignment your biggest nightmare will be if you wait to do that until after you've outlined all six sources and then you have to go back because you realize that none of it fits together the way that you need it to. So I, get, I warn every year, fill this out as you're finding your sources, make sure to stay up to date with it and several people ignore that warning every year and it, it, it never goes well for them. It's never gonna be like an awesome situation if you don't, but here's the thing. I am not looking at your sources for whether or not they fit into your headings. I can't do that for 50 people, right? It's not humanly possible. So you have to be in charge of organizing that and it could be difficult on the back end if you don't. So fill this out with each source as you move. So far so good? Okay. So you'll organize your headings. You'll compile your works cited page. How many sources should appear on your works cited page? Six. Six. If you want to have more sources than that, I mean, bless your sweetheart you absolutely can like if you get to six sources and instead of going back and undoing the sources that you did you just want to add another source to fit under a heading that's fine but all of your sources have to be clearly represented in your paper so that will make your paper longer so think about it that way my goal for you is to get all the information you need in six sources total yes including your interview so that's why we're doing your interview last so you can kind of make your interview fit that last gap that your other five sources haven't covered. You see what I'm saying? Not just a hat rack, my friends. Um, so compiling your works cited page, make sure you are integrating quotes, all of your, so I have the graphic organizer that you'll fill out for each of your sources, it's right here. I didn't wanna overwhelm you with handouts today, but it's here if your heart really wants to see it and look at it. There's six, one for each of your required sources. And you can start to see the quotes that I'm asking you to take out of it the overview of the sources that I'm asking you to take out of it. Sometimes on that graphic organizer, it's not gonna be apparent why you need that information until the next, next paper or the next paper, right? So that graphic organizer is meant to serve you for the rest of the semester about that source. So don't phone those in 
Again, if your information is based on a really crappy reading of your source, it's not going to be crappy for just this assignment, but also the magazine editorial and the documentary. Yeah? Okay, so uh, we're integrating quotes, at least one quote from each source, but I'm going to have you pull more than one so you have options once you go to write the paper and also options once you go to do your documentary, once you go to do your magazine editorial. So far so good? Okay. Um, then you'll basically decide what order to put your sources within each heading. Then you'll decide, you'll treat each of your heading as a little mini literature review for just those two or three sources. Write a little paper. We'll write the paper from the inside out just like we did with the documentary review. We'll write the headings, then the introduction, then the conclusion, and it'll be gorgeous. The only thing that's, after you write your headings, the only thing that really students really, really struggle with, and again, if you are, if you are like, understanding about 60% of what I'm saying here, that's okay, because we're going to have to go through all of this several more times until your brain can wrap around what we're doing here, okay? So if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, we're going to go over it many, many more times, okay? But this is something that you have to be aware of. This is the, I, this areas for further inquiry idea is something that students struggle with every year, no matter what I do. They just cannot wrap their minds around this, right? So areas for further inquiry is just this. Remember how I told you that you would do research for your, your degree, but you have to figure out what other people have done for research before you do research so you don't just repeat other people's ideas in research. Yes, so far so good? So once you have gotten your understanding what other people have done out of the way, what you're going to do is, based on that research, identify the research that now needs to be done, the things that haven't been covered. So for example, if I did social media and its body image issues and its psychological issues on adolescence, maybe all my sources talk about psychological issues with adolescence, but it doesn't talk about maybe social media's psychological effects on LGBTQ plus students, right? So that's an area that wasn't discussed in any of the research. Maybe I can focus my further research on that one subsection. Or if I'm talking about college, maybe all the sources talk specifically about um, how expensive it is. And maybe none of the sources really talk about what specific majors college actually is a good investment for. Right. And maybe that's what I can do my research on. So the areas for further inquiry is after you read each source, you ask yourself, what's not in here? What's not covered? What information is missing? What other what other research or ideas need to be explored here in order to cover the full conversation? So you identify that for each source. And then for your paper, you'll basically if you were to do research on this topic, you'll basically say where more research is needed. So that'll be a whole section in your paper. If you go to Mia's paper, turn to the areas for further inquiry part there. Should be near the end. I don't know if she titled it. She probably did. That's her style. Did you find it? What page is it? So take a look at her areas for further inquiry. Her topic was political polarization in modern America. Um, so here's the areas for further inquiry that she identified, places that her research didn't cover, that she thinks further research needs to be done, further research needs to be explored. Okay? So that's kind of what it looks like, but you're going to identify that for every source and then kind of get an overall idea for the whole paper, all your sources combined together. So far, so good? Okay. So then once we get the areas for further inquiry, you'll still have a conclusion, the so what, who cares, the big picture, same thing that we've already practiced. And uh, 
that's her. So take a look at the green paper. Green paper, the front side of the green paper with the three dots on the left-hand side. What do you notice about this outline for this paper? It's almost the same as the paper that we just did, right? Paper that we just did I think is useless, so I decided to make it a preparation paper for this paper, right? So you can see that there's almost exactly the same components in your last paper. We're just doing it more formally and more specifically for this new paper. Do we understand that? Turn it over to the back side. Back side of the screen paper, this is the rubric that I will use to grade this paper. Right? So look down the far left hand column. What do you notice about that far left hand column? Tessa, look at the back of the green paper. Green paper. That one, yeah. What do you notice about that far left hand column? Really? The real answer here is that it's almost the same thing that you're being graded on as the last paper. <laughs> the only difference, so maybe the opposite of what you said. <laughs> it's fine. I love that for you. Um, so the far left-hand side, there's only a few additional things for this paper that wasn't being graded on the last paper. One of the areas for further inquiry is one of those few additional things. But the same writing style elements, the same introduction, conclusion, the way that you integrate your sources, it's all still in there. So really, we're just now we've learned all the skills. Now what we do is just practice and apply and hone the skills for the, the rest of the semester. So far, so good? Yes? OK. So uh, remember that you still have to formally introdu introduce your sources, just like we learned for the documentary review. Again, we'll go over that again. You have a rubric for this. We'll peer review it super, super well. We'll make sure that we really get in there and make it perfect because, again, we can't be messing around with 20% of your grade. No, thank you. Um, just know that for the love of all that is holy, if you, if you don't believe by now <laughs> that your best bet in this class is to stay up to date with your assignments, try to believe it now, right? I have had kids completely implode during this time, the source collection and source outlining time for this paper. And then we get to writing it and their sources, either their source collection sucked or they were not done with it. And it got real bad for them and never got better for them in the class, right? So you have got to figure out how to believe me when I say that your best bet is to stay on track with every assignment and turn it in when you need to turn it in. Even if you feel like it's arbitrary, even if you can't see the end, right, and, you, and you're not quite sure why I'm asking you to do something, just trust that everything that I do is for you and in your best interest, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, right? So don't turn in anything late. Don't follow, just follow the path that I've outlined for you. I've done this ever so many times. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Just, just I mean, just trust and believe. But what you will end up seeing is that you will write a paper that you just like take your breath away with how good it is. It will be great and you'll be surprised that you just wrote a 10 page paper. Yeah, you worked hard on it, but you'll still be surprised at what you can come up with. It's gonna be pretty great, I promise. Aside from all of the hard work and probable tears, you get it. Um, so what we need to do now is understand the difference between the source types. So when you go looking into your sources, 
you understand what kinds of sources you're looking for. So this isn't done yet. I still have to finish this uh, source bank. But if you get an idea here, for each source title, right, we have a bank of primary sources and then a bank of scholarly peer-reviewed sources. And you have to know the difference between those, those two types of sources so you can actually fulfill the requirements of not just this assignment, but all upcoming assignments. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna learn exactly what the difference between a primary and a secondary source is so you are sure that you're fulfilling the assignment description as it's laid out for you by Weber State. So here we go, it's time for us to learn. No sleeping, no multitasking for the love of all that is holy. You know who you are. Okay. Are we ready? We are. 